You know, a lot of people tend to tend to not trust that everything will be okay. They always kind of focus on the negatives in life and just think that, you know, the world's going to end somehow, whether it's bombs or the government or riots or just a bunch of things like that. And I, I don't know. I don't think that that's how Christians are supposed to live, how followers of God are supposed to choose to live their lives. Because if you if you look in the Bible, it says to cast all of our anxieties to God. He will take them. He will take care of them. It also says to have peace in the knowledge of God. And also, it says that God will provide. And that's something that's really stood with me throughout time is just that phrase that God will provide because it's three simple words, but if they are true, that's life shattering because I don't have to live a life where I'm scared of what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or next year or the next 10 years. Right now, for me, I'm in a time in my life where I have to make some career choices. I'm nearing the end of college, and I don't know, I'm trying to decide where to live, what job to get, all these things. And it can get a little intimidating at times. I can start to worry, like, what if I make the wrong decisions and end up regretting it later on in life? But... I don't know. Those three words, God will provide, is really just kind of stuck with me, particularly recently, um, which is all these changes happening in my life. And I I messaged a couple people on Instagram that messaged me back. And a lot of people are dealing with this too. And one of my recent posts, I sent out um, a prayer request asking my followers that if they want to pray for anything for me, or if they want to pray for anything, to DM me and that I pray for them. And the majority of the messages that I got, they were all about situations, whether uh, it was dealing with a family member, a boyfriend, a job, something like that. And just the root of it, though, like I always saw the root of it as they kind of, doubted what was what was happening in their lives they were doubting what god was basically what god was guiding them through and yeah like i'm experiencing that a lot of my followers are experiencing that and i wonder if you experience that and so today i figured what better way to talk about this than on this podcast And who better to talk about than Abraham? Because I know a lot of people know about Abraham. They know about God's promise to make him the father of many nations and all this stuff. But I'm not going to talk about that part of Abraham's life. Um, I'm actually going to talk about his relationship with his son. And so to to give us a brief foundation of this story. I am going to start towards the beginning 
of Genesis where Abraham becomes a character in the Bible. And it starts with, of course, Abraham and Sarah, his wife. But at that time, they were called Abram and Sarah. They were were pretty old, and they didn't have any children. Now, in today's day and age, obviously, that's not very uncommon. You see a lot of people who don't have kids. But in this time, when the earth is small, and there's, you know, maybe a million people in the world, really the the main thing in life was to have a bunch of kids and have your kids have a bunch of kids so that eventually you can become a nation or a country and that was that was like everyone's pride and joy you were basically defined by your children and how many children you had you know that's why that's why it seems like in the bible that everyone has like 12 kids you don't see that much these days, thankfully. Um, I personally, um, I would not want that many kids. I'd be, I'd be down for like three or four, or you know, however many God has for me. But, and I feel like most people can agree with that that you wouldn't want that many children. But that's that was like everyone's goal back in the days of Abraham, and so. I know, you probably know the story. God promises that he will make Abraham the father of many nations and that Sarah will have a child, which is crazy because Sarah is 75 years old when she has her child. But here's the thing many people don't talk about. God made that promise to Abraham, and then nothing happened for 25 years. For a whole 25 years, Abraham was just kind of sitting on that promise, thinking, you know, over and over in his head, you know, God will provide. God will provide me a son. He will give me children. And he had just this incredible amount of faith for years and years in that knowledge that God will provide. And as we know, eventually after some drama with um, one of the servants, Abraham having a, another kid, but that wasn't Sarah's. Eventually, after all these years of waiting and just battling with that knowledge that God will give him a son, Sarah becomes pregnant, and she has a child, and they name him Isaac. So at this point in the story, like everyone is just, just overwhelmed with joy and happiness, they get to see that that God does provide. God gave them a son, and that through that son, many nations will come. And you know that's the that's the foundation of the story, right? We all know that. But what really what really interests me is in Genesis twenty two, and let me read that just the first few verses just to give you just basic understanding of what's happening, you know, where Abraham is, where Isaac is, where God is. And it says this, <clears throat> After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And the Lord said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains in which I shall tell you. 
when Abraham heard that, I, I like to think that, I mean, he had to be shocked by that, right? Like waiting 25 years to have a kid. And obviously, obviously longer than that, he probably, he tried to have kids throughout his entire life. So waiting his entire life to have a son and finally getting one when he was a hundred years old and loving that child so much, God comes to him and tells him to sacrifice him, to kill him, to kill his only son whom he loves. I love, I love that God added the whom you love part to this because it's a given it is a given that Abraham loves Isaac. There's no doubt in his love for Isaac in this story. And I love that God points that out because he's, he's presenting Abraham and making him acknowledge how painful fulfilling this request will be. And as you read and as you go through the story, Abraham, Abraham says yes to God. And then so the next morning, Abraham got up with Isaac and a couple servants traveled to that mountain that God told him to go. And he told the servants to stay, stay a distance off, you know, stay at the base of the mountain while Abraham and Isaac went up. And on their way up, Isaac, Isaac looked around. He saw the wood and what they were going to use for fire um, to burn the offering. But he didn't see a, a lamb or a pigeon or an animal that usually you use when offering a sacrifice to God. And so he asked his he asked his dad, like, "Hey, where where's the animal that we will be giving to God? Where's the sacrifice?" And God said, "Actually, God didn't say anything here." Abraham said. God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So there you have it again, that, that little phrase, God will provide. But at this point, Abraham doesn't know. Abraham doesn't know that God, what God will provide. He just, he just knows that, you know, God has this under control. If this is what he wants, this is his will. Even though it's just incredibly painful for Abraham to go through this. So they get to the top of the mountain, they set up the offering, and then Abraham lays Isaac on the altar. And, the, and mm, this part's always, like, shocked me, because it never says Isaac said, like, whoa, what are you doing? Or it never says he fought Abraham. It says that he laid there. And that's, I mean, I... <laughs> I don't even need to say that sacrificing children is bad. As we'll see in the story, spoiler, he doesn't get sacrificed. But I do enjoy Isaac's, the way Isaac acts around this. Because he, once he's laid on the altar, he realizes that he is the offering to God. And he knows that as an offering, and the lamb is supposed to be silent and gentle. That's why in the Bible, there's a lot of analogies. And a lot of times it says he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, silent, humble, lowly to his death. And so when Isaac realized that he was the offering, he didn't fight it. 
He didn't argue. He didn't yell out to God to make it stop. He quietly laid there and just understood that this was it. And it's so beautiful because if you think about if you think about Jesus dying on the cross, Jesus didn't fight. Jesus didn't yell out to God to save him. He was humble. He was lowly. He carried his his sacrifice, his himself and his cross and died. And I love seeing the correlation here between Isaac and Jesus. Both of them were silent, humble, lowly, like a lamb to slaughter. They were pure, and they were ready to go to God. And as we see, Jesus did die. Jesus died for us, and his promise has been fulfilled, and we get to experience life because of that. But Isaac is a human, and Isaac wasn't fully pure. And yet, he still laid there. He was still humble. He was still lowly. And right before Abraham uh, killed him, offered him, the angel, an angel appeared and stopped him. The angel said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from him. And so this was this was a test. You look back in the verse in verse one in the beginning of the chapter it says after these things God tested Abraham. Abraham is remarkable in the amount of faith he has. He waited his entire life to have a son, and that took so much faith because God promised it. God promised he'd be the father of many nations. A lot of people, you know, mocked Abraham, looked down on him because he did not have any children. When he finally gets one, he's told to kill him. And Abraham still has the faith that, you know what? God is under control. God has this going. Even though Isaac was his life, Abraham may have had, you know, cows and sheep and servants and all this, all these things, but no children, no one to love, no one to pass down his inheritance through. And so this, this was incredibly hard for him to go through having to be willing to give up everything he had for God. Hmm. I think that's something we can all relate to. But here's the thing. After that happened, they had a ram, or they found a ram, and they sacrificed it to God, and it was awesome. And then Abraham named the mountain, and he named it the Lord Will provide the lord will provide that must have that was life shattering for abraham because he get he got to experience all over again just god's faithfulness in his life and that no matter what he's going through even when he's facing losing every good thing he has in his life he trusted that god would provide and god did provide and so now think about that in your life you know, whether it's losing a job, struggling financially, struggling relationally, um, struggling with God, not getting what you want in, out of life, all of these things. Maybe it's all of it built into one and you feel like your life is falling apart. 
be like Abraham. Look to him as an example in that when he when he was about to lose everything that he loved, the one thing he loved most in the world, he still believed that God would provide down to the last second where he was a second away from losing his son. He still had faith. God intervened and saved him. So do have faith. Just because things in life are hard or aren't going your way, it doesn't mean that God's not there or it doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It means that you're going through an incredibly hard thing in life, yes, and that's not something to tone down. But when you go through the hard things, it's important to know that God is there all the more. Too many people lose sight when it gets hard. Too many people think that God isn't in control, when in reality, He is. God loves you more than anything else in existence, and it's your It's our joy and privilege to follow him, especially when things seem hard, because it's in those times where we learn, like Abraham, to fear God and to know God. We get to understand who God is in a deeper, more beautiful way, because through our suffering and through our trials, God makes beauty and joy. That's why if you look at just the most humble pure people like Jesus or Peter or Paul. You see, their lives were not easy. Their lives were incredibly hard. All of them were eventually killed for their beliefs. Yet, you could always see that God provided for them every moment of every day. And he will provide that for you too. You just have to have faith. You have to trust him. You have to believe that God is there right now with you. He loves you. He knows you. And he wants you to trust him. So do that. Do that right now. Spend some time just with God. Pray to him. Ask him that you would just trust him more and know him more. Because if you do that, your life will be so much better. It's an amazing life that God has given you, no matter where you are. Don't take that for granted. Don't don't lose that. Don't be discouraged. God is there with you. And you know what? There are a billion other followers of God ready to help you, ready to love you, and ready to point you to Jesus. God loves you. God cares for you, and God will provide. He will. God bless you. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, Leave a review if you like the podcast or you didn't. I would love to hear from you. And if you have any prayer requests or just want to talk to me about anything, please feel free to DM me at Pursuing Jesus Daily on Instagram or email me at PursuingJesusDaily at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Bye.